this week on the Brody and Mo In-Law Show. I think Auntie Ranta is going to be the starting goaltender of the Seattle Kraken to open the expansion. I think we should complete the trifecta. We've got J.J. Watt. We've got DeAndre Hopkins. Like, let's just get Deshaun Watson. I mean, I don't want to include multiple viewpoints, frankly. I just want my own because that's the right one. It's like going to Waffle House and it just makes you feel good. undue pressure on me do you feel pressure yeah i feel the oh. pressure of zen caster it's supposed to be it, zen is literally in the name and now i feel all this stress i don't feel stressed i feel stressed Brody, when i take talk out to you pen and paper please okay please take out your rocket book rocket book please sponsor us <laughs> i need you to dictate a, i need you to dictate a letter for me please all right go for it go for it <laughs> all right are you ready I can see sure. you now, and I see you don't have a pen and paper. This is important. You didn't say it was important. It's important. Well, now I know it's important. All right, I got one here. It's got a sticker on it. Oh, good. Right, go. From Sadie? Yeah. <laughs> go. Dear Mr. and or Mrs. Zencaster, I podcast to feel good, and tonight I feel not that way. Your countdown has put an enormous amount of undue stress and pressure on me, and I am going to take you to court if you don't pull it down immediately. My sister is a lawyer. That's right, a lawyer. Lawyer starts with law. Thank you. Please respond immediately. Sincerely, Brody McGuire. So I got deer, a bunch of scribbly marks, and I started drawing smiley faces. Did I get it? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> uh, please initial here, here, sign, and uh, send. So, Mo, you're hearing another voice. I am hearing it. Who? Uh, welcome to the Brody and Mo In Law Show, season two. The game stops here. A tale of free agency. I am your co-host, Mo. Brody, you are the host. I'm the co-host. I don't know about that. Okay. Your name is first. I'll be the host. I'm the co-host. Brody, we've got uh, we've got our first season two guest host, best host. I know, dude. I'm excited. Who's in the room, dude? This 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 guest is, I would say, probably my oldest friend. I would say that I we've known each other. Our our dads are best friends and have been best friends since high school. And so, we like, say longest friend. Yeah, longest friend. And <laughs> I don't know uh, any other way to put it, but I've known this guy literally like my whole entire life. And it's kind of one of those cool things, Mo, where you're like, I was friends with him, even though we didn't go to the same high school, we didn't go to the same college, I actually went to extreme rival colleges, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Mm -hmm. But remains one of my good friends. And since we have a sport about being dads to daughters, it was only fitting that we, we have a guest who doesn't have any kids on our podcast because that that you know makes sense in in our world sure but 
Uh, you guys are about inclusivity on this we podcast. Are very inclu- we are very inclusive. That is very fair. But a uh, plethora of sports knowledge and a great friend to me. And just, uh, you know, can't say enough good things. I love love talking to him. Love him. He's like my brother, Clayton Lawson, everybody. Yay! Clayton, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to me. <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Good, Thanks for coming good on. Good to be on. Thanks for having me. We're glad you're here. I, I have... I do have concerns, Clayton. Um, of course you do. I can I can see you, which is a concern, mostly because of your right. wardrobe. Um, oh yeah. There's I, there's I picked, a, I picked this polo just for you guys. I knew I knew, I knew would, uh, you did this. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was clean, so that also went into the situation. <laughs> <laughs> but but also the making mad part. <laughs> yeah, I knew it would annoy you more, and it was clean, so like, it had a uh, two-factor. Uh, it was a it was a forked decision. Well, so well, there's a decision one, tree involved. Strike yeah. one. Strike one was it was a shirt, so <laughs> you uh-huh. got that part. <laughs> strike two was it would make us mad. Strike three, it happened to be clean, so it was I ticked yeah. all the boxes. I did, yeah. That was uh, that's really actually how I get dressed in the morning. Is is uh, is it clean and can I throw it on in a hurry out the door? And is it today, a shirt? The third, yeah. Today the third factor was you guys. <laughs> You're right, though. We are an inclusive podcast. We're here to incorporate multiple viewpoints. We're we're not going to. I mean, I don't want to include multiple viewpoints, frankly. I just want my own because that's the right one. But we're going to try today. We're going to try to branch out a little bit. And so we've got yeah. someone wearing an Arizona State University polo on our program today. So yeah, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a little uneasy. The countdown hurt. The shirt hurts. But we're going to push forward. Yeah. Uh, sponsored by uh, the Sun Devils. All right. <laughs> wow. That's, we're, we're searching for... We're, we're we're looking for sponsors on this podcast. We might as well. You guys might as well reach out to frenemies now. So they just oh. get it all. <laughs> Man, we we might be. <laughs> he raised a good point. <laughs> we pitched to Michael Crow in the past, if I recall. We did pitch to Michael Crow once. I don't know that he's ever contacted us though. So I haven't got. Maybe any. this is the the catalyst that pushes us over the top with Crow. I mean, and I guess while we're on the topic of uh, ASU, um, you know, they're losing in basketball again tonight. So that's a thing still. So you bring up basketball. I know Mo has some questions about the Arizona State men's basketball program, Mo. I I do. Now, as an Arizona fan, there is no easier target for us to mock than head coach Bobby Hurley. he's, He's a caricature of himself and of a human being on the court. (laughs) Like legitimately, I mean, you're an ASU fan. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that you can even admit that the man is like borderline lunacy on a basketball court. But what I want to talk about is this: is yeah. he at the beginning of the year ASU comes in ranked preseason number 18, picked in the media poll to finish second in the Pac-12. Remy Martin comes back. They've got their what number seven in the nation recruiting class this year. Expectations are sky high for ASU basketball, and rightfully so. They've I think last year was their third straight year of winning 20 games. First time in the the program's history that they've done that. So like this year was supposed to be the year and they have been, they have not been good. They've not been a good basketball team. And immediately I want to point at Bobby Hurley and say, this is, I pin it on him. This is his problem. I don't think he's a good coach. Like he's, he's not the guy to lead this program, but then you start looking at what he's actually done for them. And like I just said, three straight years of 20-win seasons. He's got nationally ranked recruiting cl- uh, classes. He's taking them to postseasons. Like, this is not something that's happened for ASU basketball in my lifetime. 
Herb Sendek was the last guy I remember being good, and he only had a couple of years where you go to the postseason, and you've got James Harden on that team, so of course you're going somewhere. Mm, so, right. like, I want to call Bobby Hurley a, a bad coach, but I don't know that that's right. And so I'd love to hear perspective from an ASU fan on if Bobby Hurley is a guy you want to see moving forward in that position. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I want to see him uh, in the position much longer. And I, and here's why. I think, I think he, if you look at his his career arc, it's kind of similar to Sean Miller. In like, all right, you've got a guy in your case. Uh, U of A's case, much better program, right? Uh, you're taking over for a Lute Olson. Yeah, I know there's a couple uh, interim coaches in there, uh, but I guess we won't count them. <laughs> but, you know, ASU was needed to build a program, needed to have a more consistent program. And you got a guy that's doing that. Like you said, we're winning 20 games. We had, we've had ranked recruiting classes. Uh, I think where Hurley isn't putting it together is literally on the court. Uh, we, we've got, he's got this mentality of point guard you and like how many times we ran four and five point guards out there a night for injuries, COVID, whatever. I mean, and a couple of years ago, it was kind of a, I thought it was a fad because we literally didn't have anybody like our best players were all point guards. So I just thought that's what he was rolling with. Like, let's roll with your best players. Let's see what happens. And it was entertaining for sure. But, you know, we ran into, uh, what was it a couple of years ago when U of A had the, the two centers, the two seven footers. And like that oh, game yeah. was atrocious to watch for ASU because it was four like midgets against <laughs> these two seven footers. <laughs> Deucean. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was just brutal to watch. Cause you, you can't, again, you can't teach size, you know, the basketball yeah. idiom that just never dies. Cause it's unfortunately true. Right. Um, and so a- right. ASU lives and dies by the three pointer. And that's not a way to build a program. That's not a way to, to actually game plan. Like you can't game plan to shoot 40% from beyond the arc. Like that, this is not sustainable no matter who you have. <laughs> so I, and that's well, why I mean, I when it works, think, it uh, works, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. You look like a genius, you know, that, like, I mean, Steph Curry made a career out of it at Dayton. Right. I mean, he got that team to yeah. what the elite eight <laughs> and nobody'd ever heard of him because he mm. got a hot hand shooting. Right. It's also very reminiscent of the Mike D'Antoni Phoenix Suns era, seven seconds or less on the shot clock too. Like you're going to go down, you're oh, going to yeah. shoot the ball. That's your, that's your game plan is score, 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 score. So yeah. high right. risk, high reward. You're right. When it works, it works, but is it sustainable? Is it feasible? Is it something that's going to take you deep into the, the postseason against like a Kentucky blue blood Duke, North Carolina, probably not. No, no. I mean, uh, the, the, all those blue blood teams you're talking about Duke, Kansas, any of them, they're getting size on their teams. I mean, they, they've got two power, even if they don't have a true seven footer that they have drafted or uh, recruited, they've got two six foot eight guys and they have probably a six, nine, six, 10 guy. Like, I mean, they've got some size, those guys now, the way the basketball has evolved, even those guys that are six eight to six ten, you know, they shoot threes. Well, and the other thing though to, to remember is that 
ASU has historically been a not a great basketball program. I mean, real really, you got James Harden obviously to come out of ASU, great basketball player, all that, um, and they've had spurts of good years. So you're not going to recruit the guys that Kansas, Kentucky, the Blue Bloods are getting. So right. I think Hurley maybe he's trying to play to his strengths, um, which is just shoot every wild shot you ever can be. I.e., Remy Martin, he plays I think an atrocious style of basketball, but that's just my own personal opinion. <laughs> Uh, you know, so he just has this run and gun style because that's the kind of guys he's recruiting because you're not going to get, you're not going to out recruit Kentucky. You're not going to out recruit at ASU against some of, of those a. other teams. <laughs> you know, even, even you're going to struggle against U of A with a historic program. Um, yeah. So is he just recruiting that way? You know, you're not going to get the seven footers. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, it, it works that type of offense works better uh, to your point, Mo, in, in an NBA team like the Suns, because you're dealing with much better athletes. You're dealing with a more, I mean, you're also running that offense with a Steve Nash and an Amari Stoudemire. Like you have the guy that can dish any pass and make 95% of his free throws, which is still unbelievable. Yeah. And then you got Amari Stoudemire who just, it's a pick and roll offense at work, but they're not running a pick and roll. They're running a true run down the court, chuck up a three in seven seconds and hoping to just outrun. Right. <laughs> but I, I will say this. The one good thing, you know, Mo, you said that Bobby Hurley is like an absolute insane person on the sidelines. And that's just been very well documented over the course of, of his career. And it, it reminds me of Mike Stoops. And it was kind of one of those things like, my team might be bad, but I'm getting a show on the sidelines, right? Like, <laughs> it might be bad, but I'm going to see what old Hurley's going to do. And I'm going to see what Mike Stoops is going to do because I know he's going to blow a head gasket because of some reason. I'm really glad Mike Stoops got brought up on this episode. It just, it always makes me happy <laughs> thinking of Mike Stoops. Like that guy was my favorite U of A coach just because of how bad he was for you guys. <laughs> And it's amazing that someone was worse. Yeah, that's the thing. Is oh, in yeah. retrospect, is he wasn't that bad. Like his right? recruiting <laughs> class is the reason Rich Rod was any good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how that's Rich true. Rod. Like, look at how Rich Rod made his career. He goes into a West Virginia, takes that recruiting class, does well. He immediately bounces to uh, Michigan, takes that somebody else's recruiting class, does really well. And as soon as he has his own, he just drives a historically great program into the ground. <laughs> so if Bobby is not the guy that you want to see moving forward, who, who do you want to see? But like, this is a question Brody and I asked a lot about the Arizona football program because, yeah, we wanted someone gone. But like, who, who's going to be, who do we want there that's better? Who wants to come take this over? It seems to me like Hurley, for all of his faults and all of his lunacy, has done a pretty good job of making something out of a program where other people really wouldn't want to take that position. So, like, he goes, and you leave a guy who's got more than moderate success at a program that does not experience that. Who do you bring in? Uh, And I wish I had a great answer for that, because I'm not a college basketball expert. So I I think you're you're running into that that quintessential... uh, coaching question is do we bring in another young up and comer who somehow takes the program another step, which is, I guess the next step for ASU is what consistently making, um, March madness. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's the next step. Yeah, maybe, so. maybe yeah. getting into the round of 32 into the sweet 16, making to that second weekend. For sure. Um, that's it. That's the, yeah. the metric by which you judge that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, honestly, off the top of my head, who's going to be out there that's better than a Hurley. Uh, you know, unless you get it, um, it would probably have to be somebody like, let's say, a Donovan Mitchell who used to be at Florida now in the mm-hmm. NBA. You know, let's say he got fired and has that college experience. You get somebody like that that can mm-hmm. come in, also recruit, has a little bit different system that has had success, but. I mean, I don't see him getting fired or wanting to come back to college. So, I mean, that's that's just a name yeah. as an example. <laughs> Maybe like a like a Brad Stevens from the Celtics, who I don't think is going to be long for the NBA. Uh, yeah, but obviously he could. Uh, he has a good college system that can win games. Yeah, but and, Brad Stevens I mean, isn't going to come to an ASU. I don't think he's going to go to a, a, a. I think he's going to end up at a bigger school. Right. Yeah, I agree. he's gonna be. He's gonna yeah, be. If he, if he goes to college, yeah, yeah. If he goes or, back to or college, or he's gonna charge, right. or he's gonna charge ASU. Kevin, someone ask <laughs> Penny. <laughs> well, clearly, Abor's right. willing to pay that stuff. So uh, you know, then there you go. Hey, Anti up, boys. Maybe. Can we get into hockey like early? How about your boy yeah. last oh, night? Oh, let's go. What a I, transition. That, Can you be on the podcast more often? You. Unbelievable. I I got, God. All right. Well, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm I'll just going to leave, <laughs> guys. Bye. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> so what's your what's your hockey intake? What do you got for me? Uh, the only thing that the Portland area has for hockey is like a double or triple A hockey club called the Winterhawks. That's literally all we have. Uh, Seattle's working on the expansion team, so nothing going there. Yeah. Um, but what do you yeah, think of the Kraken? Sports. Is that a good name? I'm all aboard the Kraken. Yeah, I, I like the Kraken. I think that's a good one. Um, I think anything's better than uh, the Seahawks, so I don't get what a Seahawk is, but, you know. <laughs> all right. So I, What's the Triple what's the A team you said they're called? The Warhawks? Uh, the Winterhawks. Winter the Hawks. Winterhawks. Yeah. So yeah. you have a Seahawk and a Winterhawk. I don't know what either of those things are. I don't think they're they're mythical, much like a kraken. But a kraken's a lot cooler. And well, we know they're not real because they're birds. So that good point. Good point, Brody. Yeah, we know a kraken is real. I've seen the videos. That's real. It swallows up ships. But a a bird, I'm not buying it. Yeah, it was in that documentary about dead men tell no tales. I saw Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Disney Disney nailed it. The guys that have the beads in their beard. That That's was the real. one with Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Depp, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jimmy was great in that. He was fantastic in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, 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 Auntie Ranta, your goaltender, that is all I know. I've said my hockeyman name. You all you take it from here, boys. Well, I think, I think, I have a theory that, so Auntie Ranta is going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. And I think, well, actually, I don't know if he's going to be unrestricted, but every team can only protect one goalie from the expansion draft. So I have a funny feeling they're going to, Coyotes are going to protect Darcy Kemper. Of course, I think Auntie Ranta is going to be the starting goaltender of the Seattle Kraken to open the expansion. That's my theory. Um, Good goaltender. They're not going to have to pay him a ton. Um, 
you know, I think I think he's he's going to be in the running. He's just he's injury prone. That's the problem. He's he's going to he gets beat up, beat up. So they're going to have to get a good second goaltender. But that's my theory. I feel like if I was a goalie, I'd get hurt a lot, too. Yeah, that sounds like a not fun job. Yeah, they get they get beat up pretty good. Old tendies. But yeah, I mean, Arizona had a good win the other day against uh, the Kings on the road, but they they struggled um, at home against Colorado. Colorado's a legit team, so I mean, they just they flex their muscle, you know. Colorado's Patrick Law still play for them? <laughs> no, he's been retired for a hot minute. Huh. Uh, All right, hey, I know that for him name. For a little while. See, yeah, you're welcome, Mo. I did that just for you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for throwing me a bone. I, they're my prediction to win the Stanley Cup, Colorado Avalanche. But. We can't agree that that's the coolest like professional sports trophy, right? Like that's is that a debate? No, no. Oh, the, no. the Stanley Cup is the best one. Yeah, I okay. I'm glad we're all in agreement it on that. It was solidified so hard when everyone lost their mind about Brady. Not everyone. When that one woman, that Karen, <laughs> lost her mind about Brady throwing. The Lombardi Trophy on the boat. Did you see this? Clayton? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, I didn't. So the the like the daughter or the granddaughter of the person who smelted the original Lombardi Trophy, like lost her mind that Tom Brady had the gall to throw the trophy from one boat to another over the ocean. Like <laughs> it was a dumb idea, and Brady was just plaster drunk, which was awesome. <laughs> Good for him. Just like, like stumbling out the gate. I want to talk about. Th- I want to talk about that in a minute. But continue on with your story, Mo. Let's come back to that. In a but minute. to see to see someone get so over the top protective and bitter and get off my lawn about the trophy when there are guys eating cereal out of the Stanley Cup, like <laughs> that. They're, like christening, they're christening their children in the thing. Yeah, yeah. By <laughs> default, that makes the like, Stanley Cup cool. Phil Kessel ate like twenty hot dogs out of the thing. All right, like, can we calm down for, for a second? Yeah, it's the coolest I, trophy. So, and and I like that you brought up Tom Brady being plastered. Like, is that his? Uh, I hadn't thought of this before. Is that like his driving force to winning all these championships? Like, he's not allowed to drink unless he's <laughs> celebrating a Super Bowl win. Because like you know he doesn't drink during the year, right? Like he can't. No, he's got no. like a diet, and he's like nine hundred years old now. <laughs> is that the is that the motivating factor? Yeah, he probably only had one margarita and that did it to him. That was it. Because he hasn't drank for years now because he hasn't won a Super Bowl in a while. Yeah. It's like, well, was his first last one. one over Atlanta? Yeah, when, Atlanta. He's just Frank the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> do when another. Were, he's going to do one. He's, when people were Brady's throwing a fit about that, when people throwing a fit about that, like he's plastered, look at him. I'm like, that is what I want from the Super Bowl winning quarterback. Please, that's yeah. what I want. Like when Alexander Ovechkin won the Stanley Cup and he was just hammered for like a month straight. <laughs> that's what yeah. I want from the captain of the him. team that wins the Stanley Cup. You need to party. He's Russian though. Does so? Are they on like a different? Is that a curve? You grade that one on a curve? Without a doubt. Yeah. 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 See, the I thing is, like, is like, and it's a cold sport. Ovechkin. Ooh. Ovechkin drinks during the season. So, as a Russian, oh. like, you know, you have vodka's, to. <laughs> vodka's in their in their diet pyramid, right? Yeah, it's at the apex. It's the top. <laughs> nice use of the word apex. I really I like, that. like that. Yeah, I like that. I really like that one. Yeah. It's like you're teaching high school kids or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I only know that because we taught hearts a while back, and there's an apex of the heart that's at the bottom. That's the only reason I remember it. The apex Big is at the bottom? Seems, Doesn't that defeat the, ape- the purpose does, of the term apex? The apex yeah, is at the bottom. That's one. how I, that's how I teach it because your heart comes to a point. 
you know it's not it's like a cone shape and so the i feel like that should be apex. called a z-pex well bring it up with the cardiologist <laughs> Brody, i don't know what to you tell please you please get your pad of paper out we need to write another letter all right go ahead dear <laughs> i don't know like who am science. i talking to you? dear science please dear change, johns hopkins please change the apex of the heart to the z-pex of the heart I think you should call it the total eclipse of the heart. And only teach heart biology with a background of total eclipse of the heart, but the version from old school. So Sincerely, I wrote by the by the Dan band. By the Dan You're band. So I wrote I drew a heart and then I wrote apex with a line through it and said no. Is that okay, what you I were need going you for? to put I need you to tell them that it should be Zpex though. This is important. Z hex <laughs> equals okay. Yes. All right. How about now, that? Now later tonight, I'll need you to spend some time looking up the address for the mailing address for science. <laughs> I already did something for you today. You look it up yourself. <laughs> I thought so I no. was the boss, Brody. Honestly, how often have you needed to use cursive in your adult life? But like, once you know how to sign your name, I mean, what what else do you use cursive for? Let's talk literally about literally nothing. Let's talk about some signatures. Let's talk about an important signature on an important piece of paper that happened last. The Declaration week. of Independence. That oh, is not week. correct. We're cl- that's close. That was an important signature. I feel like Brody nailed it with the most famous one because that's the one that popped in my head. I feel like Magna Carta is more famous than the Declaration of Independence. Without the Magna Carta, you don't have the Declaration of Independence. If we're going to start talking about old documents, I'm going to get another beer. First of all, sir, you are right about the history of the Magna Carta, but literally nobody else knows that. That's fair. (laughs) I I can probably go on one hand and knock out who would be able to have a discussion on the Magna Carta and what that meant and maybe, maybe get to five people. Maybe. Do you think JJ Watt is one of those people? Cause no. he put his signature on a piece of paper today to not today, this week, sometime at some point, JJ Watt signed a piece of paper <laughs> saying he's going to play football in Arizona, which came as a shock to a lot of people, myself included. Right. I'm going to ask you to, to compare him to two of the Cardinals' old free agency signings that I think mirror this. Because the Cardinals have been kind of renowned for doing this, going and picking up players who've been around for a while in free agency, maybe overpaying them, and not really knowing what you're going to get for them. So the two examples I got of this are Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith played for the Cowboys for 12 years before he signed with the Cardinals in 2003. He was terrible in that year. And then Carson Palmer. Played 10 years for the Bengals and the uh, Raiders, and then signed with the Cardinals. I, I would argue he's probably the best quarterback the Cardinals have had since I have known what football is. Kurt Warner's definitely up there. I think you can make a case for Carson Palmer. So you've got two different signings, one very good, one very bad. Which one is J.J. Watt going to be? Oh... I so this question came up. I was actually listening to uh, one of the Arizona sports radio stations. Um, downloaded it after the JJ Watt signing. So I was like, "All right, I got. I want to see what. I want to see what uh, 
uh, what they're feeding me, what they, what they want me to believe. Right. Cause, uh, Arizona sports there is like all about, uh, uh, getting behind what the teams do no matter what, you know, until it yep. goes awfully wrong. <laughs> uh, I, so yeah, the JJ Watt signing is, I think it's in, be- it's in between there. Um, Carson Palmer, you know, you can play 10 years as a quarterback. And I mean, look, we talked about Tom Brady. Like he's going to play, he could play for another 10 years because it's a quarterback. Like you can play that position that long. A 12 year running back, that's just a totally different position. Like, I mean, the arguably one of the best, uh, two of the best ones ever in Jim Brown and uh, Barry Sanders, both retired after nine years. Like, so. I don't know. To me, you got a JJ Watt who's historically injured. Um, Not every year, obviously he's also got what three defensive players of the year or something like that. So I think the guy's still got some, uh, got some left in the tank. I I don't know that he's going to be a defensive player of the year again. Um, A lot of people are bringing up this stat that um, number one and number two on the sacks list all time that are, are the current active sacks list are both now on the Cardinals. Like everybody's, really jam into that stat. Mm-hmm. And all I can think of is, wow, we have two really old defensive pass rushers. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Like, now granted Chandler Jones and JJ water, both freak athletes, like the guy they're good. So I don't want to take that away from them. Um, I was interested. I heard today that uh, the cap hit for JJ Watt this year is only going to be four and a half million. Yeah. yeah. Which nothing. So that, that, I think that's a good, I mean, that's obviously a good thing because if, if you front load that cap, uh, that free agent signing, you know, it, it means we, uh, the Cardinals can still do some stuff in free agency. Um, you know, you can always, I think you can always improve an offensive line. I don't think you should ever be done trying to add depth there, add talent there. Um, we'll see what they do in the draft. I mean, you could argue all day long that Steve Kimes draft, uh, ability is really hit and miss. So I don't know how you guys feel about Kyler. Um, but I'm, I'm, that's I'm, I'm naming, so I'm naming retroactively naming my current child, Kyler. That's how I feel about Kyler Murray. <laughs> really? Dude, I am on you board can. with Kyler. Mur- I am on board and I have been since day one with Kyler Murray. Yep. Really? I, okay. I think, I think he has the wrong coach. I think he has the right close to the right system. You think he's and, got Bobby Hurley. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think he's got the guy who's laid the groundwork for what this team could be by bringing him in at all and establishing like what the structure of that offense looks like. But dude, Kingsbury doesn't have a clue. Like he just doesn't understand the concept of football. He doesn't know how to use timeouts. He doesn't know how to call plays. He doesn't know how to run shifts in his life. Like, he just doesn't know how to do anything. You think about, and and, and I'm going to piggyback on that, because you think about the games that the Cardinals, I'm not going to go through all of them, but a lot of the games that the Cardinals lost was because of, uh, you know, maybe miscoaching or bad bad game plan or something like that. But Kyler Murray won you a couple games too. I, I don't think that a lot of the losses can be pinned on Kyler, but a couple of wins can definitely get credited up to him and not on the game management. You think about something like the the Hail Murray or you know the DeAndre Hopkins catch. I mean, obviously that was a Hail Mary play, so it's a 50-50 shot, but the way they marched down the field to even get in that position is on Kyler Murray and you know and your veteran team, not on your second year coach. So I agree with what Mo said on that. I I would like yeah. to see uh I don't know, I, I to go back to the JJ Watt thing, yeah, he's older, but 
I think it's a great pickup because I thought the, the Cardinals were just going to kind of kick the tires because they had to, right? It's JJ Watt. You got to give him a look, right? I, I, I think every team sure. at least give him a look, but to have something that stuck and you really didn't have to give up a ton for him. You didn't have to give up, you know, um, I mean, you, you signed him for a pretty hefty bonus you know, or for, for 31 million, but you got him for two years. He's probably got two more years of what I would call consider prime left in him. After that, it's going to be really tough. Um, you know, it would be really, I don't know if in two years I would have done the same thing. Um, it's going to infinitely make everybody else better because regardless of if he's got much left in the tank or not, teams still have to pay attention to him. He's still a good defensive rush pass rusher. So you're looking at freeing up Chandler Jones and freeing up if you can get Marcus Golden back, if you can get some of these other guys back uh, to, to be able to, to do some things because they just have to pay attention to him a little bit more. He definitely doesn't hurt your defense by signing him. He definitely does not hurt that defense. Uh, no. And, and like you say, $4 million cap hit. Go out and get you another. They need to go work on a defensive back. They've got to address that issue. Um, I don't, I'm fine with them losing Pat P I'm, I'm, I'm done on the Pat P train. So let's get on, let's get something else. Um, they, so I think that that is one area that they need to address. Um, and I wouldn't mind going out and free agent free agency for that. Um, I still think they need another receiver. Um, I think still think I go receiver. I don't like Christian Kirk. I don't think he's the guy. So I, that's hmm. my thing. I, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. Um, He's just kind of underperformed for me when he had, you know, he has, he's had all things. You got DeAndre Hopkins. So he, obviously he's your number one. Hopefully you can get Larry back. Cause that's it. That's a good, you know, a solid receiver. Yeah, so what, do you, what, do you do, what do you do with Larry? What? What do you do with Larry? Yeah. See, this, this is there's I, like, a couple questions when you bring in Watt about this. You, you said Brody that it doesn't make the defense worse. And I, I think you're right. But to free up money to bring in someone like Watt, you're probably going to lose like Hassan Reddick, who's going to be a free agent, which yeah. he, I mean, he made some incredible steps forward last year. We've all been sort of waiting for Hassan to make that move. And I think we saw it last year. So you're looking at like, you might lose Reddick, you might lose P, you might lose Larry. I don't know. Like he's an $11.5 million cap hit this year. So you've got some decisions to make longevity wise because you want to hit Hopkins in his prime so you want to put someone next to him I think Kirk is fine I think he's proven to be a deep ball threat but he just isn't on the field all that often for some reason Andy Isabella is a joke we got to move yeah, on from gone. that experiment that Keyshawn work. Johnson is whatever so yeah I think your, your two biggest needs in the draft are cornerback and wide receiver I don't think, I think there's anything about what if the Pat P signing back dude he's gone for me I don't care what he wants go away I, he's just not his he's a shell of himself right now right? i'm fine with that i'm fine with that yeah well what if you get him for something affordable you know that four million i don't think you can so i think it's a moot point but you know if you get him for four million dollars i think he's probably be worth that i don't think he'll i think he'll want more but yeah, yeah I think maybe gonna... just as just as a face of the franchise and as a a resident of the city it'd be good from that perspective but playing still got the name in the nfl too Maybe, 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 but there's other guys that you can, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right though. I think, I think it's time to go young. I think it's time to go younger on, on defensive backs. I mean, he showed it, uh, last year. I mean, he can't, well, not a lot of people can guard DK Metcalf. Like that's one of the few games I get to watch every year is this the Seahawks now 
and Cardinals, like finding a Cardinals game on TV is hard for me, mm. especially in a pandemic. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I he's not he's not your number one corner. He's not a number one corner in the league anymore. I don't know what else to put that. I, I don't think he is. Um, I think, I no, think I think right. I think defensive backs are are the, one of those positions that you have to draft and find somebody that's controllable for four or five years in the draft, and and that's how you. Because let's that's put, how you build your honest, defense. Let's be honest, you got you got a defensive back that's going to have to cover DK Metcalf twice a year. I mean yeah. that, that. I mean, let's just get serious. Like that's he's a legit. He's one of if you know one of the best receivers in the league and going to have even a better year next year. I think, depending on I think what Russell Westbrook happens, obviously, but uh, he's going to have Wrong a great sport. year. So, so yeah, I think he's <laughs> going to need to do some. They're they're going to. I don't know. I think they got to go defensive back. I think they got to go wide receiver. Those are my two areas of concern. But I think the JJ Watt signing is great. I don't understand. I mean, yeah. I think they need to get another running back too because I don't think Kenyon Drake comes back. Yeah, I think Kenyon's going to want to get paid. Uh, yeah, and I don't blame him. And I don't think they want to take the cap hit at running back. I think they tried that experiment yeah. with uh, with DJ and it, it didn't work. That's why they traded him. So, um, But I will tell you, like from the Pacific Northwest perspective on JJ Watt, the first uh, meme that somebody sent me was uh uh i don't know if well i think brody you watch game of thrones finally i don't know if uh, you ever did mo um but you're made in it through, no, you did. still made it, never i made you're it you're not gonna really. ruin anything i made it through three seasons winter never came but it snowed all the time so i gave up so <laughs> okay that's fair uh so I, i'll just i'll just nix that analogy completely and just uh basically say that uh the uh, what they're worried about is the seahawks offensive line is so bad Yes. Uh, that now they have to twice a year face J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones and Aaron Donald against Aaron that. Donald too. <laughs> well, yeah, not yeah, and that, that was just Joey Bosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so they brought up literally all of those names. By the way, Aaron Donald's not human, right? Like that guy no. is a freak of nature. He is no. so good. <laughs> like every time I watch, like I've seen that guy triple teamed and still get pressure on a quarterback. Yeah, that's unreal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, he's unreal. Like I would. If you want to build a defense, just get that guy. Pay him whatever. <laughs> Let's trade JJ Watt straight up for Aaron Donald. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, why don't we complete the? Tri- I I think we should complete the trifecta. We've got JJ Watt. We've got. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like let's just get I Deshaun Watson. No, this was gonna come up. Like, let's just do it. You can't, like, you can't go no. wrong with that, right? Deshaun is amazing, but I'm still, I'm on, I'm all board with the so Kyler good. train. He's, he's great, dude. but Ky- Kyler's, you got him. You've got Kyler. You can't. You know. I, so they offer you like, cause, cause Kyler's still controllable and Deshaun Watson obviously is a lot more expensive. Like yeah. if you could tr- like kind of figure out the, the, like a sign and trade deal, would you do that? Like, honestly, would you, would you do that for Deandre Hopkins or for uh, Deshaun Watson? So a sign and trade for who? Like what, what you- uh, for Deshaun Watson and Kyler, like say you wanted to swap Kyler Murray, that was part of the package. Whatever the package is, I don't know, but just so like, the hypothetical is, who, would you, who would you give up to get Deshaun Watkins, or you know what what would what would be what would be the trade? What what would they even go for? Because a straight up sign and trade for Kyler is not going to work. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think you'd have to give up a lot more. I mean, maybe another pick. But I don't think it'd have to be a high pick. You'd have to do a mid-round one, like a, a third or fourth. Um, 
I don't, I don't think, think you have so. to go because Deshaun Watson so. is going to cost going to cost so much money, and Kyler Murray still controllable for three years on his rookie deal. So I think true, there's some true. value there. So maybe a second round pick. I don't know. You, like the crazy thing is, Houston back. would probably do it. Houston would probably go for that. Yeah, because they they actually don't have any picks. You have to keep that in mind too. Like, right. Houston has. They've traded away their entire future. They have nothing. <laughs> and Deshaun wants out so bad. Yeah, and Deshaun wants out. So, like, I, like I said, you, they'd have to. You know, that's what Steve Kime gets paid for—is to knock out all those details. But like, let's just say tomorrow you wake up and the highlight of the trade is Kyler for Deshaun. The other stuff, whatever, it shakes out. Like, obviously, Mo is going to be heartbroken because he just named his kid Kyler. <laughs> but how do you feel about it? <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel bad about it. I, I'm it's an opportunity cost scenario because I think I think Kyler's upside is massive and I think he's he's got a future if he can stay healthy. Which sure. he hasn't he hasn't proven in two seasons he can get through a full season yet, which is problematic. Deshaun has been rock solid and his st- stats are off the charts, just bonkers. So and he has he, nobody around him. <laughs> I know. He's done it with nobody. So like you can't feel bad about the trade, but I would I would be bummed because I've I've come to appreciate Kyler Murray and his unique skill set in the NFL. So I I'd be okay. bummed to see him go, but I also know it wouldn't matter. He'd never suit up for the Texans. He'd be in the Oakland A's training facility so freaking quick. I see, and I think he should have done that anyway. But you know, that's just me. <laughs> I think it would have been a win-win uh, on that side. A win-win either way. I think he would have been playing in the MLB relatively soon, if not already, if he'd gone that route. So I mean, I'm I, that's fine. But I, I've thought about it, and I think unequivocally, I'm sticking with Kyler. That's it. I, I he's your he. You have you drafted him. You drafted him. You know, you trap. You drafted him high. You put a lot of faith into him. You've got him. You got him arguably one of the best weapons he will ever want in John J. Hopkins. Your defense is bolstering up. Again, you got to address the secondary wide receiver. You got to address the running back. Uh, offensive line is average to above average this year. Could be better. Like you said, you can always improve on the offensive line, and I agree with that. But you've invested in him. Um, I'm standing with Kyler, and I, I think he's got, like most he's got so much upside. So young talented he can lead you've seen it on the field he he really grew this year and became a leader and i think that's just going to become even more prevalent the next year more chemistry with his with his offensive core i like it i stay with kyler i don't think deshaun Watkins and 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 cliff kingsbury get along i think that would be tough too tough relationship i think kyler and cliff get along all right as long as cliff knows how to use timeouts but that never never will happen I do have a question though on like going all in on sports. Like, how do you guys feel about what the Padres have done this off season? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like it's like the thing you always pretend your team can do 
You're like, what if we, what if we just went out and got Aaron Rodgers, and we also got like Zeke, and then we got all, like it's the thing we're talking about. It's like you're building an all star team, but every yeah. NL West team seems to be trying to do that. It's wild. How, except for the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Except for the yeah. Diamondbacks, of course. Except for the Diamondbacks. Well, the Rockies also the Rockies. The, Rock, the Rockies had one of the best players, not into the division, but like one of the best third basemen in baseball. And they're like, you know yeah, what? For sure, we don't Pat. want that guy. We'll just we'll just give him literally. We'll give him and half of his contract to the Cardinals. Yeah, and they got nothing yeah. for him. Yeah the the pitching rotations in the NL West this year are it's it's kind of wild. Like I I don't know how you think as a team outside the Dodgers or the Padres that you even have a look in that division. Yeah. And if you're the diamondbacks, you're, uh, do they uh, agree? I don't even know how many games they are playing this year. Last year was 60 games. Normally it's 162. It's back up to I, 162. Oh, did they? Okay. The players union finally stamped that one down. I knew they were mm-hmm. arguing about it, but so, okay. In a normal year, you play your division rivals 19 times. Like you got 38 games against, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Walker Bueller, uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. A former Diamondback. Like, oh, the amount of former Diamondbacks who are awesome just infuriates me. Isn't Max it Scherzer. Wild? Oh, Scherzer. It's horrible. Um, but yeah, and then you got this then, great roster from the Padres, you know, mm-hmm. you Darvish, like, I, I don't know. Must just crazy. came over from the Rays. Or sorry, Blake yeah. Snell came over from the Rays. Right, yeah, no. yeah. Don't don't worry though. The Diamondbacks signed uh, Asdrubal Cabrera the other day. He's a journeyman infielder that nobody, unless you really like baseball, you've heard the name <laughs> for ten that years. Ought to do it. Wow. Yeah. Do it. The the bummer of it is is it the Diamondbacks have a decent young core in their in their rotation. Like I think Gallon and Merrill Kelly, Luke Weaver, they've all got potential. Like they've got a solid young rotation, but you're just well, not especially gonna... when the Diamondbacks trade them for nothing, and then exactly. they go play somewhere else and become Cy Young winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Max Serger. Yeah, but uh, maybe the Diamondbacks will sponsor us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know. I, they can't afford to. They've already proven that they don't spend money. <laughs> That's they fair. were so quiet. They were so quiet in the offseason. I'm seeing all that's going on in the NL West and like, guys, what are we doing? We're we just folding up shop. What do you guys think? I don't know. I honestly, the all those signings though were uh it was all the Padres. Like I mean they, the, like the Padres, Padres just the, did the Dodgers re-signed a couple of guys too. I mean, you know, Padres yeah, went well, on the Dodgers Padres made the biggest splash for sure. Yeah, and then the Dodgers getting um getting Trevor Bauer was almost like a, Oh crap. Look what San Diego's doing. Like we should mm-hmm. sign somebody. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and I mean, magic Johnson doesn't care about paying the, uh, the luxury tax. Like he'll just, he's like, yeah. I will pay it. We don't care. <laughs> it is they're like the Yankees. Now the Red Sox are doing that. It's like, yeah, we don't care. Dude. Magic Johnson is a good Twitter follow. I don't know if you're on that, but he, it's like, he's, he just says everything literally. But I don't know that he means to do it. Like, he'll say things like, Devin Booker is an excellent basketball player, and this should be a great game between these two teams. <laughs> like, that's every one of his tweets. It's worth, it's worth Good taking on a you, look Magic. here. Guess I'm about to follow Magic Johnson on the Twitter now. <laughs> Let me pull one. I, I don't think I'm too far off on that. I'm going to pull up the one he had about Devin Booker. It was about that mundane 
But anyway, go ahead while I look up this. I did like, uh, speaking of Devin Booker, like I really like that even because obviously I don't, I don't get the same intake of Arizona sports anymore. Like they're not, you know, the Suns aren't on TV unless they're playing the Blazers like that. But I did like the amount of uh, news and I don't know, just information that still came through when Booker like got snubbed from the all-star game. I thought that was cool. Like, Whoa, so it actually made the national rounds because, you know, there's not everything does from Arizona, but that one did. But it's true, though. Like, what a snub. What what in the world, dude? How is he not an all-star? Yeah, I, I yeah and now he is because somebody else couldn't be in. Yeah. Yeah, like, what? How, how, how? That shouldn't have even been a top. I mean, how does he? That made no sense to me. How does he? How is he not at all? I, I don't understand what the deal is yeah you know it's bad even when lebron is like bro bro <laughs> like somebody pick this guy up <laughs> i mean i don't like i don't really watch the nba to be honest i, no, I, I don't either i just i haven't watched a game i've watched four games this year and all t- all four times the sun's lost so i've stopped um i picked up pizza the other night and saw like 30 seconds of the suns and blazers uh so that that is as much nba as i, I but i can't because i think it's just popular is it popularity like is devin booker not popular enough because the suns are good so you can't blame it he's on a bad team he is a great player uh so i just want to know the rationale behind i don't follow the it's just that the suns haven't been good in a while like I mean, we were talking about the seven seconds or less earlier, but that's been a that's been a hot minute since that happened. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we went through some bad years, but oh six, I think oh six or seven was the last one. Oh, yeah, maybe like the the year that Brody's freshmen were born. Yeah, the yeah. year that the freshmen in high school were born, and we all became sad. Here you go. Here's some here's some Magic Johnson tweets to just lighten up your day. The teaming up of future Hall of Famer Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Coupled with Monty Williams' leadership as one of the best young coaches in the NBA, or why the Phoenix Suns have the fourth best record in all of basketball. <laughs> Thanks, Magic. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like something Devin Booker's dad should be tweeting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to tonight's Lakers versus Suns matchup. I can't wait to see LeBron go against his good friend Chris Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Magic. He's, so, he's such a nice tweeter. He, he is. I think he's been on, he must have been on Twitter enough to be like, you know what? This place just breeds anger. I'm going to be positive. <laughs> After winning their sixth straight game, the Miami Heat are starting to resemble the team that went to the NBA Finals last season. They are currently tied for fifth in the East, led by Jimmy Butler, averaging 20 points per game, eight rebounds per game, and eight assists per game. I honestly didn't know the Heat were in the finals last year. (laughs) (laughs) Of all of what you just said, that's what I took away. It's like going to Waffle House, and it just makes you feel good. Yeah, you're just, you're just, you can't be, you can't be miserable at a Waffle House. You may legitimately have stumbled on the first 
place that will actually sponsor us in Waffle House because no one in the history of Earth has ever said, I'm going to go to a Waffle House to feel good. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel great every time I go there. I've heard I'm going to go to a Waffle House and score some meth. <laughs> You're not going to the right Waffle House. Uh, I think I am, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come to the Waffle House near my ha- near my house. On Dice. That's a great one. That's a great one. Clay's been there many times. Great waffle house. Oh yeah. The people there bring their own peanut butter. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Great waffle. They're very, they're very respectful if you're praying before your meal. Yeah. It's more like a waffle home, really. It really, yeah. That's a great way of putting it. It's a waffle home. Waffle house. Welcome (laughs) home. Yeah. They, uh-huh. Yeah, man, I wish they would sponsor you guys. That'd be great. I'd listen every week. How could they week. not after this? <laughs> if they don't sponsor us after this, like... Brody, Paul, you pen and paper. We're writing to your Waffle House on Dysart <laughs> Avenue. Dear Professor Dear. Syrup. I'm not actually... Uh, you don't need to dictate this one, Brody. It's okay. You've got the other two ready to <laughs> this say. Is, this is the actually one. writing. I knew that. Well, the way we usually end the show, Clayton, is I auction off to a number. Um, and the number usually either means something or doesn't mean anything. But we usually pick it. It's a very broad it, category. It, exactly. Yeah, really. So we are going <laughs> to let we let our guests pick the the number. So what number resonates with you? And why? If you need a minute, you can do that too. let's. Uh, um, well, you'll like this one. We'll go with the number uh, thirteen tonight uh, because ASU now has. Oh, I'm sorry, we're at twelve losses now. So twelve for ASU's basketball losses this year for you guys. <laughs> My gift to we're, you. We're talking about Arizona State losses, Mo. This is a great day for us. I'll tell you this though, I would have thought the number was high. What's the win total? Fifteen? No, they're they are ten and twelve now. Oh, no, we have okay. a losing record. Come I, I on. feel a lot better now. Yeah, twelve is a good number. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, going out to the ASU basketball team for twelve losses on the season. Here we go. I don't know where to start from. for the losers. now Sold it. 12 losses, 12 losses for ASU men's basketball. Clayton, dude, I love you, bro. I'm giving you a virtual hug right now because I can't in real life. That, that's all we can do is virtual hugs, virtual well, handshakes, virtual and, hugs. And you live a lot farther than you used to, and that makes me sad too. But <laughs> Clayton, dude, thanks again. Everybody else, thank you for listening to the Brody and Mo In-Law Show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at bmils2020 at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at in-law show. Otherwise, we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys.